You're not gonna say it Somebody should Let's talk about two time Let's talk about bum one, yeah Asking the questions That nobody could Like where are the bone dogs and Are they in harmony? Well, hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, today, we're going to talk about my vasectomy, which just happened. Um, why are we going to talk about that? Well, well, uh, here's the deal. I was actually going to do it as a bonus episode. If you don't know, this show is a, a Patreon, Patreon-enabled. Ow. There we go. Had to get rid of that fuzz, that computer fuzz. <laughs> we got to get all that theme song fuzz. Um, it's it's a retro style. We do that on purpose for this show, okay? Just so you know. So I had uh, one of these vasectomies. I was going to do it for a bonus show instead of the regular show. But I changed my mind about that just because... Uh, I thought it would be sort of weird because I think there's like one person who's a bonus subscriber who's not like related to me uh, directly. So it was like, oh, you're kind of doing a show about vasectomies for like your immediate family. And that's weird. Um, it would be great if you subscribe to this Patreon, by the way, because it would be slightly less pathetic if... Uh, if I didn't have this Patreon with the subscribers all being kind of obligated, I probably obligated in a way. I don't know. I feel, I feel like anyway, uh, I'm really good at selling this, huh? I got this Patreon that people are obligated to be on, uh, obligation to be on instead of Patreon. So, uh, I had a vasectomy. And I'm going to tell you about it because that's what this show is. But also because now from now on, this show may not be funny ever again. And the excuse for it not being funny from now on is going to be that, uh, well, uh, I was much funnier when I was a potent man. And now that I'm not a potent man, I'm not funny anymore. It's just it's unfortunate, but that's just how it is. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I've lost all of my humor because I guess it was my sperm. But, you know, my sperm is still in my body. Um, let's let's go back. So I actually had considered getting a vasectomy, I think, in my mid-20s. And I think I'd only spoken about it briefly. It's possible that I what I did was Google the idea. Um... Because that's kind of, that's what you do, right? When you're like a young man, you're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to Google this concept and see what happens because maybe, uh, maybe that'll give me some insight into whether or not a vasectomy is a good idea. And, um, what I found at the time was that doctors were pretty unwilling to do vasectomies for people that young. I briefly considered 
I was like, you know, I could go into a doctor, like a urologist, and say, I want this. And then he'd be like, I don't know, you're young. And I'd be like, listen, I'm not going to get into the details. But I have discovered that I'm uh, distant, distant related to, let's just call him a famous dictator. (laughs) And I think at that point, I'm like, well, maybe the urologist would have a little change of heart, right? Because maybe they'd be like, hmm. I don't know. Do I want to be responsible for a Hitler baby? Even if it's like 10 generations of cousins removed or whatever. I I don't know. I think I'd, I'd put that in the little report as the urologist and be like, a uh, patient was pretty goddamn sure. So I'm going to let's go for it. Um, but anyway, I didn't do it. And then, uh, you know, things, if you go back in the history of this show, some things that happened uh, health wise. Uh, made it so that um, birth control was back in my hands and uh, my balls. And so, you know, I was, I'd been thinking about it for like 10 years and my, my opinion on having kids hasn't changed. I'm not going to go off on a, a huge rant here about like childless life and how it's great because I don't know. It's probably fine. I, here's the thing. It's kind of like how I feel about church now, which is like, I'm no longer the angry young man who would uh, go on a, a rant about church, but um, but I'm also like, not the, uh, you know, I'm not going to go on that, that rant, but I'm also not going to uh, tolerate somebody you know really trying to lecture me on like oh this is the way having kids is the way you know everybody every all y'all say the same fucking thing when you have kids you're like oh you don't know what it's like until you're a parent and i'm like i guess so but you also don't know what it's like to be your age and in your circumstances as not a parent you know what i mean like when you get into that sort of thing i'm like well, you don't know what it's like to drive a Toyota Corolla. I mean, <laughs> who knows what your life would be like? You know what I mean? It's condescending. That's all. I think it's I think it's condescending when uh the way that parents sometimes talk to non-parents is very condescending. And also, I think the thing that I don't like that non-parents do sometimes is this whole like oh, it must be cool to have such an easy life. You know what I mean? Like, oh, your life is so easy. You don't have to think about this and you don't have to do that. And I'm like, you know, I don't think that I decided to not have kids because I was like, I don't think I could handle it. I mean, plenty of fucking idiots can handle it. So, you know, kids to me is a little bit like uh, when I took a motorcycle riding class and I was a little intimidated because I was like, I've... Never been on a motorcycle or motorized bike of any kind. Um, But then I was like, but wait a minute. Look around the class. These people, half of them seem to be fucking idiots. So if they can do it, you can certainly do it. And uh, anyway, what I thought was funny, and I, I didn't really think about this until later. I was emailing my brother yesterday um, because he was on the news uh, for Wordle stuff. You know, he was a college professor, so the morning news was asking him about Wordle. Um, that's part of what we will cover in this month's bonus episode. 
Uh, but anyway, when I was writing him an email, I was like, you know, it is kind of funny when you think about it that like a urologist is like, well, as a, a medical professional, I couldn't possibly endorse you having a vasectomy when you're 25. But that sort of tacitly endorses like the decision to have children is appropriate when you're 25, but the decision to not have children is not appropriate. Do you know what I'm saying? I guess it's like, uh, you know, really what they're saying is, well, I don't necessarily want you to have children at 25, but if you have the vasectomy, then you couldn't do it when you were 30. Um, but it is weird to me. I don't know. I think I'd be inclined to give out a lot of vasectomies. <laughs> I also think they should be free. Um, you shouldn't have to pay anything for them because, uh, you know, birth control should be free, right? That includes vasectomies. Also, well, we went over it a little bit before, but I'm kind of, I, I have actually come around to feeling like, hey, my body, my choice, motherfuckers. Like nobody would uh, criticize a lady for going on a form of birth control. And uh, this is really the only option that dudes have. It's kind of, it's kind of fucked up because you really only have the option of uh, condoms or vasectomy. And you're like, well, there's, there's, seems like there's a wide gulf in between. I mean, it seems like ladies have all kinds of pills and crap they can shove up themselves or you can get a shot. They're just like, oh, we got all kinds of ways to deliver this stuff. And then guys, they're like, well, we can cut open your balls or you can put this balloon over yourself. And, you know, fingers crossed, hope for the best on that one, by the way. Anyway, uh, so... I went to my doctor this year because I was like, well, all right, now that Poonmaster Flex is in good health, it's time for me to do all my health shit. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do a, a sleep study. I'm going to get a vasectomy. There's something else. Oh, I'm getting moles checked. So uh, I got, you know, basically I went to the doctor and was like, give me these three referral things. And he was like, okay. Well, I guess we'll see you hopefully next year. He, I think he, so he was like, you're due for a tetanus shot in just a couple months, but why don't we go ahead and wait till next time? And then you can come back next year and see me. I think he was withholding the tetanus shot as a incentive for me to actually return to the doctor next year, which is fine. I would argue with it, except I've been to him like once every five years. And uh, as a man approaching 40, that's probably not an appropriate interval to see the doctor. When you're, in, when you're 25, that's probably good. So anyway, I got, I got a mole sliced off and another one examined, which I guess didn't need to be sliced off. That was actually uh, relatively painless, not too bad. I did an at-home sleep study. That sucked nuts. But they were like, it seems like you're sleeping okay. Although they said, like, you were snoring 30% of the night. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem good. Um, and then I got the referral for the vasectomy. So this time, I basically, I called the office, made the appointment, and they were like, okay, well, it'll be in February. So this was probably four months ago. And uh, they didn't give me any grief. And they gave me instructions, you know, of what it would be and blah, blah, blah. 
So I read those, but it did leave me with some questions. First of all, no one had, uh, no one mentioned whether or not I should uh, groom my area. We don't need to talk about it too much. I'm not a, a very hairy guy, so I don't generally groom my area much, if at all. Um, I support everyone making their, their own personal decision for what they feel is best for them, um, including, you know, basically little to none. Uh, male, female, across the board. I think it's actually kind of weird when guys groom a lot, unless you're just like a super hairy guy and you're like, look, it's fucking, it's a nightmare down there. I wouldn't put anyone through that, so I have to. But, uh, you know, I was like, I guess I'm going to throw caution to the wind here and uh, go ahead and I'll use the clippers on myself and give myself a shave down. It wasn't uh, not a good look for me. I was looking in the mirror at the, uh, you know, mostly shaved. It wasn't totally bald, but it was pretty close. And I was just like, mm, I don't think so. I guess maybe this is like something. The only thing I could come up with is like, this must be something people do for porn. Because then there's like, you can see stuff. It's like people want to see what's going on. Um. I was like, I wonder if my uh, my schwans will look bigger, because you know if if a tree is growing out of the middle of a bush and then you trim the the bush back, maybe the tree looks bigger. But I was like, I you know I don't know. It it didn't really occur to me until I'd done the grooming that I was like, I guess I don't really spend any time looking at my penis in the mirror. It's just not an activity I engage in. So the you know the minute difference here was not going to be noticeable, even if there was a a big difference. I don't I I shouldn't use the word minute with my penis, but I just did. So there you go. Um, even if there was a big difference, I don't know if I'd notice because I'm not used to like stand sideways in the mirror and decide whether or not you think your penis looks big. That's just not an activity that I'm uh, doing ever. So I did that, and uh, apparently I did a good job because, you know, when the doctor came in, they did have, like, a razor on the table, and he was like, oh, no, it looks good. We don't have to do any any more prep, and I was like, right on. The downside, of course, is that, you know, it's itchy as hell when the hair's growing back, and I'm like, well, it's really nice to have your balls be super itchy when they're also super tender. This is a great scenario. Um, so everything you read... Everything I read before the surgery was basically like, oh, you should be fine. You should feel pretty good. You could go back to work the next day. And I was like, all right. Now, I did. I planned, and I got it done on Friday morning. I took off Friday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Because I basically, I was like, this is my chance to take some time off. And who's going to question me? Who's going to question, like, well... He had his balls cut open. So, I mean, what is an appropriate amount of time to take off? This was my big chance to, like, okay, I work mostly with women throughout my uh, library career. And, you know, occasionally you'll have the coworker who takes time off because of uh, menstrual cramps and stuff like that. 
And uh, some of the other women I work with are like, that's bullshit. And some of them are like, no, that's legit. And uh, my whole thing about it is like, well, I'm never going to have one, so I don't know. But uh, hey, if they got the time off, whatever. If you have the sick time and that's what you're going to use it for, I mean, who am I to say no? And this was kind of, I think, my one chance to do that, but the other way, right? This was going to be my big chance to be like, well, this would be a pretty awkward discussion for my boss to have. So uh, I'm going for it. And I was glad I did. So you go, you go into the place and uh, they're like, it should be pretty quick. Um, it sh it's not a, a big deal. Um, I guess, so they don't cut your balls open anymore. What they do is they puncture your balls and then I guess open up the puncture to do the work inside. And they put little clips on your, your vast deferens and uh, everything's good. You know, and they seem to, I guess it's better. I mean, because they're like, you don't have any sutures or anything, which I guess that is good. I mean, if you don't have to have stitches in your balls, that seems better than having stitches in your balls. But, you know, having even a small hole punched in your balls isn't like an amazing feeling. You know what I mean? I was like, well, a small cut versus a, a hole punched in my balls. I mean, yes, it's better. But, you know, it's like that thing of, uh, would you rather die from burning or drowning? And it's like, I'm neither is good. So I'm just basically like, well, which is less horrible? <laughs> um, so you go into the office, and uh, basically the nurse read me a bunch of stuff. She mispronounced a bunch of words, which didn't fill me with uh, confidence, to be honest. I don't, I don't really know what being a nurse at a urology clinic has to do with, like, reading aloud. And I'm sure, and you know, she seemed fine. But at the same time, I was like, ugh, this is uh, not inspiring me with confidence. I was just like, what if the doctor, if the doctor came in and, like, was reading this thing aloud and basically missing every fifth word, would I be like, uh, you know what, I'm going to... It makes you wonder, like, what would the doctor have to do for me to be like, you know what, never mind. I'm going to uh, not do this with you if that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be something. There's got to be, like, a, we early, early, early in this show, like maybe in the first 10 episodes, we talked about tattoo places. You know, and everyone's like, make sure when you go to the tattoo place that they get out a fresh needle and whatever. And I was like, if I went to the tattoo place and they didn't get out the fresh needle, if I didn't know they had, because maybe they did and I just didn't know because I don't really know how that works. Would I have the balls? Would I have the guts to be like, uh, I'm going to need you to get out another, you know what I mean? Or would I just be sort of like, oh, you know... I don't know what to do about this. We're we're at a loss, people. Uh, yeah, it's not like I saw the doctor take out like a bunch of fresh shit to to operate on my balls. I mean, I guess I just assumed they would. Maybe it's because like you know an operation costs like thousands of dollars and a tattoo is like hundreds of dollars. 
So you're like, I suppose an unscrupulous tattoo person would uh, increase their margins slightly. Anywho, um, so she read a bunch of stuff and then she's like, okay, strip from the waist down and uh, I'll come back with the doctor and we'll do this thing. And I was like, okay. So I'm laying on this table and they, she was like, just put this blanket over your junk um, and lay here. The blanket was just a big gauze pad, basically. I was like, this is a garbage blanket. Even a hotel, you know how they always have that shitty beige blanket? Even a hotel wouldn't have the guts to call this a blanket. But I, I'm laying there, and I, I must have laid there for a half hour. I laid there probably twice as long as the actual procedure took, and the nurse came back in, and she's like, we didn't forget you. The doctor's just, it's just taking way too long with another patron, patient. Um, and I was like, okay. Or she said, it's taking a lot longer than it should for an, another patient. And I was like, all right. Because what am, what am I going to say to that? Well, I'll take my business elsewhere then. I will take my vast deference elsewhere. Thank you very much. Um, finally, the doctor comes in. Um, it's so funny when you meet doctors because they're, you know, they're trying to be nice, I think. And I'm sure some of them genuinely care, but they're always like, oh, it's really nice to meet you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, you know, I don't know. What are we going to do? Hang out? And you're going to cut my balls open. I'll never see you without a mask on. I'll, if everything goes according to plan, I will never see you again. So, uh, whatever. But uh, he's like, do you mind if I put on some classical music? And I was like, no. And that did make me think like, okay, this seems like a doctory thing to do. And I was like, what was there music he could, you know, if he was like, come on, feel the noise. Would I be like, all right, I'm done? Or would I be like, that particular song, I would be like, well, you know, whatever. I just maybe, I would probably listen to classical music as a doctor simply because I'd be like, well, look, this is not going to put me in the groove. I'm not going to like lose track of what I'm doing because I'll be like, well, look, if you start getting bored and start listening to the music, you'll be even more bored. So it's like, I'm going to keep focused on this operation so I don't have to focus on classical music, for God's sake. It was a little weird, because I was like, you're putting on classical music, but I mean, this is only going to take like 15 minutes. Um, so the gory details, uh, they basically inject you in the balls, which feels about as good as you would think, to have a needle stabbed into your junk. And then uh, you're you're kind of numb for the procedure, but not like totally numb. And there are a couple parts where you certainly feel uh, something. <laughs> he was like, okay, you're going to feel some pressure, which is like, that is doctor speak, by the way, for like, you're going to feel like you got stabbed in the balls with a, a poker, which I probably did. Um, you're just, you're going to feel like you just got stabbed in the balls is uh you might feel some pressure, which is always funny, too. I It always makes me laugh when they say you might feel something because I'm like, eh, I'm pretty sure that if you think I might feel it, I'm probably going to feel this, right? Like, <laughs> this is happening. You are going to feel something. And I don't think you're going to like it. Um, But it was over pretty fast. 
And then, uh, you know, I got dressed and I put on a, so everything, uh, everything is like, get a jock strap. You know, you can wear that and that, that'll help like support your balls and stuff, which I was kind of like, I don't know, man, I wear like, I wear the boxer briefs, um, because I don't boxer shorts don't do it for me. Cause I'm like, everything is just flapping around. Um, and one time when I was a young man and I was, uh, on, I went on a long run and I used to wear boxer shorts back then. And the sort of uh, seam of the boxer shorts that goes along your taint somehow got wedged up in between my thigh and my balls. And basically, uh, and it was really, really cold out, so I didn't really feel anything at the time. But then uh, I kind of was like sawing my own leg off with the seam of my boxer shorts for like five miles of running. And this was, it took like six weeks for this to heal. It was like a burn. It was horrible. And after that, I was like, well, we are going to need to find a boxer short alternative uh, post-haste because I'm not doing that again. But anyway, I, I so I bought some jock straps. Um, the inexpensive ones that I bought came in embarrassing colors. I have like five of them. One of them is like a dark navy or something, which I was like, all right, cool. Uh, but then there's a bright red one, a traffic cone orange one, and a sort of, uh, it's not quite lime green. It's not that bad. Maybe a forest green. <laughs> it's like a lime green, but a little more olivey. If we could add another food into describe the color. Um, it turns out to be good, I guess, because you can, with the lighter color, it, it's actually good because you can monitor how much blood is in there um, afterwards. So then, uh, you know, we uh, get that done. And basically, as soon as he finishes, he's like, all right, you're going to be really sore for at least a few days. Uh, you're going to be pretty uncomfortable, you know, blah, 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 blah. Now, this was the first I'd heard this side of the thing, which is like, this is actually going to be pretty uncomfortable. Everything you read online and, you know, every urology's online thing is like, I mean, you'll feel some discomfort, but whatever. Um, this was the first, he, he the way he said it, I was like, oh, God. And he was like, I'm going to write you a prescription for some, uh, some painkillers. So you want to go get that filled and use those as needed. So uh, he wrote me a, a prescription for oxycodone. I was like, right on. And uh, I, I don't know a lot about the whole big pharma situation. I know a lot of people are unhappy with big pharma, and I know that some drugs are like addictive. Um, but I got to say, I was pretty happy to have the option to take something that actually worked when someone had stabbed me in the balls twice. And cut something in there. I mean, it it was, uh, you know, that day. So Friday, as as things wore off, I was like, "Oh my god, I am dying. This is really happening. I am gonna die. <laughs> For sure, I'm dying." Um, and so we went we went to go get the prescription which was also hilarious because you go get the prescription 
And when you go in there, um, they were like, okay, so we have a time lock. So you put the prescription in, but you can't pick it up for like 90 minutes or something like that. And I was like, oh shit. So we had, you know, I was like, so we had like still an hour to kill. And I was like, well, this is an awkward amount of time to kill. But at that point, I was still feeling good. I just was kind of like, look, this is like 10 oxycodones at the five milligram level. And I just had a vasectomy. Like you can't, whatever. I was also mad at the doctor because I was like, well, so you must know about this, right? You couldn't have called this in like as soon as I got in the office. And then uh, when they were whatever all i'm saying is like there's some bullshit i'm sure that people say like oh this guy did that or this guy did this and oh he has a uh, back pain he needs a uh, painkillers like a whole fucking huge protein powder jar of painkillers but i was like i i'm just asking for a little bit because i got stabbed in the balls um, so anyway, the thing they don't tell you is that first day is pretty fucking unpleasant. Uh, it's pretty painful. I, I basically, we went back out, got the painkillers and I brought them home and I was like, oh, I'm going to take this immediately because, uh, this is getting pretty unpleasant. And it's, uh, you know, I'm on like day four and I feel better than I did on Friday, but I, I don't feel awesome. It kind of feels like every so often, it's just like, you know how every so often, fellas, you squish your balls somehow, like you sit on them or something like that. Every so often, you just get that feeling. And it's kind of like someone is low-key squeezing your balls all day. Which is why, like, the advice that I keep seeing, which is like, you can go back to work the next day as long as you don't have, like, a physically strenuous job. If you have a desk job, go for it. I'm like, I don't think so. Because if someone's going to be feeling this way, I don't want them back in the office. I'm like, I would be a fucking grouch, understandably, because someone is basically squeezing my balls all day. But uh, that's where I've been at. So I read a bunch of comic books. <laughs> and, uh, you know, which, by the way, I guess was my first form of birth control. Was like, check out my comics collection. I was like, okay. Well, maybe he doesn't, maybe, uh, you know, these comic books, maybe he doesn't need this vasectomy urgently. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I guess that's, that could be the end of this show being enjoyable. Because that could be my mojo. I still, I guess the sperm is still in my body and will like shoot into my balls or something. I'm not exactly sure. You'd think I would have spent more time looking into this, but it seems like there's like 10 different kinds of variations on vasectomies, and I have one of those. But whatever. I think it'll be fine. Um, but that might be why this show's not funny. And uh, maybe what I need to do is like post-date this show or pre-date this show and be like, oh, this was like 2017 when this happened. So, you know, the show was good up to 2017, but then that vasectomy thing... That was it. That ruined it. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I'm just in recovery mode. Hanging out at home. Uh, and, you know, I guess I'm sure some people experience this, like, emotional thing of, uh, 
oh my God, you know, like this is it. This is the final countdown. Like I'm never going to have kids. And uh, so far I haven't been struck with that. I don't know. I just, I don't think I ever wanted kids. And this seems to confirm it for me. There was never a moment where I was like, maybe that would be cool. But yeah, so I guess, you know, the last thing is apologies to anyone out there who was hoping to use my uh, my seed to create some kind of a child. Because uh, that's not going to be an option anymore. <laughs> I don't know who you are, you fucking weirdo. But uh, if you're out there, sorry, not sorry. I mean, is that the appropriate thing to say in this scenario? Seems like it. All right, everybody. Well, there you go. That kind of that kind of covers me. That covers me and my uh, uncovered sperm. Um, we'll see you next time, right? See you next time on this uh, wonderful show. Sorry, it won't be good anymore, but that's life. Snowman